On the show today, Jackie Lundy and I talk about wealth and prosperity, and we refer to the writings of Frederick Learman, T. Harvecker, and Robert Kiyosaki, of course. Welcome to Back Down the Hill. Welcome to Back down the hill and Jackie and I are going to talk today we thought we'd speak about wealth and prosperity now um I mean this could just as well be a book review but it's not and we we decided to have this conversation after listening to a thing called prosperity consciousness by a chap called Frederick Lerman and I was led to uh, listen to this after watching a video in which Miles Beckler, the blog guy, um, recommended that everybody should read it because it's what he based all his principles for his success on. And so I read it and then said about reading it again, and I recommended it to Jackie, and Jackie has read it. And so here we are talking about um, wealth and prosperity simply because we've been inspired to do so by this man's words, although we're not necessarily doing a review of his, uh, his book because it's not a book. It's an audio program that was put together in 1992 originally um, and needs viewing through those spectacles, if I can put it that way, because um, some of it's a little out of date. But in the preface, uh, for anybody reading it, he says, well, he's not updating it because you can figure it out for yourself. It's the, the principle that matters. So there's a recommendation for that. Prosperity Consciousness, Frederick Lerman. It's brilliant. You can get it on Audible. Um, but in terms of wealth and prosperity, Jackie, I think that in our conversations with entrepreneurs, this the the attitude towards this comes up fairly often. So it's a very very uh, uh, apt subject for us to be to be discussing. Now, it basically all starts with money, right? And I think it's a, a good starting point to consider what we think money is. Um, now, it, it, I mean, money is currency. For many people, it's what we buy stuff with. But really, we should we need to think of money in terms of the way we exchange value for things. Because like hundreds of years ago, of course, um, before money, people exchanged goods, stuff together. Um, and we reached a point where, you know, there was maybe <laughs> too much stuff to exchange with one another and we needed some more convenient way of doing it. So we got silver, we got gold and those things were turned into small disks and then a value was assigned to them and that's what we used. Um, but that's all it really is. I mean, how do you view money as money? Uh, thank you, Noel. Um, I view money as exactly what you just said. It's an exchange tool. And, you know, just to reinforce what you said about, you know, how it all started way back when was when, um, you know, one person had something and another person had something else. And they said, well, you know, if you give me that, I'll give you this. And so they thought that that was a fair exchange, you know, simply because one wanted what the other had, you know, and the um, over time, it didn't work anymore, because, you know, somebody would come along with, say, their cows and somebody else had, I don't know, chickens or something. And it's like, I don't want any cows. And the other person said, well, if you could get me 
a, a horse, I'd prefer that. And so that's when it became complicated because this person then would go looking for a horse to come back to give the guy who wanted, you know, whatever. And it, it just, so they created something. So they started exchanging, what did they, uh, rocks or whatever they said it was. And, and then so comes, you know, currency. And it was all because we, they had to have something to, to use so that you could just go out and get the thing that you really wanted or, you know, the, the, so, you know, that in turn became labor and services and products and everything that we have now. So money itself, you know, money paper has, it doesn't mean anything, but it is used because a value is put on whatever it is you want, you know, so you know, that's how this whole system works. And we all really should respect it really and truly because that's how everything keeps moving back and forth. That's how we're able to live our lives and get our food and our homes and everything else that, you know, we have that we need, you know, to live. Yeah. So in effect, we all decide that money, as we know it, currency is worth something and everybody else agrees and then everybody else knows where they are, right? Yep, definitely. So I think the next step from there is what has become our attitude to money and what should it be? Now, this is discussed by many people in many different written forms that we've heard before. Um, but we need to go over it, I think. I'm, what I'm talking about is how is our attitude to, uh, to money uh, and to wealth formed when we are younger? I mean, do you want to remark on that? Well, um, so I, when I was reading that book that we're not really discussing, um, <laughs> He, he did mention stuff that he had remembered from being a child and, you know, the reactions or the way his parents, you know, would treat money, um, whether it was an allowance or, you know, I remember getting an allowance and, you know, feeling like, okay, I earned this simply because, you know, I did my chores around the house, but also being denied an allowance if I didn't do certain things. And so from, for me growing up, money is something that you earned. You had to work for it. You had to, um, it, you had to earn it properly. You had to deserve it. That was the, the whole idea. And you had to do something worthwhile to get it. So that was how I was raised. So I always had this thing that, you know, I would look to do certain types of work, you know, that my life should look a certain type of way. And that is the way I will make a good amount of money. Um, and if I didn't do that, then I would be, you know, I wouldn't do well in life. That was basically the message I got from my parents. Yeah. Uh, same here. Um, now, I mean, I grew up uh, in different circumstances to you. My upbring upbringing early on, at least, was, was extraordinarily working class. And, um, you know, my father um, was, was the son of an Irish immigrant. Well, he was an Irish immigrant himself, came to the UK when he was, was 14. And um, he was working in the shipyard. And uh, my mother, when uh, we were a certain age, initially just became like a, a, a sales lady. And um, 
they worked very, very, very hard indeed because they wanted to go and live up on the hill, which, which is a bit of an old cliche now, isn't it? But up on the hill, on the outskirts of my hometown, was where all the newly built houses were. And they aimed for that and they achieved it. And I realized really that it was quite early on that it was just a state of mind. My mother solidly believed that they were capable of being able to have one of those houses, whatever it took. And they did whatever it took. And that was their, their ethos. It was, it, was the, it was what I witnessed growing up. So it, was, it formed my attitude to money, that nothing is out of your grasp. Now, by rights, they should have stayed in the town. You know, everybody else did, just worked hard all your life, retire, get the pension, die. Um, that, that should have been their life. But, but my, my uh, mother, and in her wake, my father, um, sought better than that. And they, they improved all the time. I mean, the, we lost count of the number of times they moved into a bigger, better, or more comfortable house over the years, just simply because of that thing that they had. And it stuck with me that I was never told to be fearful of money or that there was anything wrong with it or, or, or that I should be jealous of people who, who had it. Their feeling was that really we should be, aspire to, to be able to be as wealthy as we could manage to be. Um, I'm not sure they really got to grips with how specific you need to be about that in order to make it happen, which is something I've come to understand. Um, but that was my upbringing. Now, it raises a question, doesn't it? Because there, there is a lot of conversation around media, social media, all the usual ways in which we communicate, saying that we have a problem now because there's a generation or two come through behind us, that Jackie, that we, we, uh, that we brought into this world, who feel that they don't, they shouldn't have to work so hard and shouldn't have to have this kind of attitude because they believe that they're entitled to it. Now, do you do you recognize that? I mean, does that sound like something that you've encountered or that you think is anywhere near true? There might be some truth to it. I honestly do not follow all of that, you know, whether or not it's, you know, is it true? Perhaps, but I think technology is something that might make them think that way because there are actually a lot of uh, so-called, you know, mil new millionaires, you know, rising up every single day. And it is based on technology. So I think the younger set are just utilizing, you know, new methods to, to acquire wealth and perhaps us older generation people just haven't realized that that is the thing now that it's working for a lot of these these younger set and uh, you know i think what's really important is are they going to learn how to hold on to their money you know how to properly invest it that's more important to me than um whether or not they think they should work hard for it now when should a lot of them are actually seeking ways to become wealthy without working hard by you know being very creative or you know starting up a business instead of looking to 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 get a job or perhaps not even you know well a lot of them know that they still have to get a college education but i think it just depends on um maybe their exposure you know to learning more about wealth 
and attaining, you know, prosperity. I believe that there's way more access to this type of education. It's not being taught in school, but there's accessibility to it now more than ever, you know? Mm. So if they're doing it the right way by actually learning and then just to me, cutting past wasting time, you know, they can definitely live a good life if they, it's not about hard work, it's about smart work. So if they apply smart work, they can definitely make it happen. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, I mean, Robert Kiyosaki says that you're going to have to sell something if, if you want to get rich. Now, um, nobody's going to get rich by trading hours for money, right? Working Monday to Friday, nine to five for a salary. This doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing to do. I mean, it's, I, I think it, it's potentially part of the thing that gets you where you need to be ultimately, just, just to improve your understanding. But I think it's right. I talk to, and so do you, dozens and dozens of people week in, week out, who want to make a change by starting their own business, because of course we're both business coaches and, you know, they've got to where they've got to by doing that thing of going to school, going to college, getting a job, having a career, maybe, although even having a career is a bit of a, a a less than certain prospect uh, in, in, in the last 20 years easily. Um, But there's there's a sudden understanding somewhere along that road that you're never going to be wealthy doing that. What's your opinion about that, the the, the difference between – would you say to to anybody coming up or getting out of education, starting their career, um, yes, go and get that really good job, or would you say to them, start a business as soon as you can? I would say – do the thing that you think you are going to be really good at. We need people to have jobs. There are many industries and companies that need people to work there, you know, but we also are in a wonderful time now where you can actually start your own business. You know, you can decide I'm going to start my own business instead of going to work for somebody, but you have to have the proper capacity. It's not just about book smarts or intelligence there's a lot that goes into making a decision like that so that you can be successful. Um, Personal development, which is something that you and I, you know, are focused on every single day with all the people that we work with is very important. Now, if you go ahead and decide, I'm going to take a job, you know, you still need personal development when you take a job because you have to see it for what it is. You know, the days are gone of job security is sticking with one company for 30 years and retiring and getting a, you know, pension plan. Um, I think it's important that when you're walking into the job world now, that you are already prepared that this may only last for a few years. And then I'm okay with that because I'm going to evolve into the next thing. You know, I'm just going to keep evolving. Because, you know, certain types of positions, you know, phase out. Companies make decisions every day to change the way they're operating. And it makes good sense. And now that I think about it as I'm getting older, it, that makes sense. Things are always changing and evolving. You know, there are trends and, and things that happen that force these changes. It's not like somebody's just sitting around trying to mess up people's lives in every case. Um, there are bad deals that are made. 
you know, that's human beings are just trying their luck at things and, you know, some things work out and some don't. So this is why I think personal development is so important, whether you decide that you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to work for somebody that you know how to be resilient in either situation, because there's a lot of things that can happen, you know, to, to become a challenge or an obstacle along the way. Mm. And on the, that's good advice, all of that, or it's a good wisdom for anybody at any, any time of life. Um, What would you say to somebody who was older, somebody our age, for example, would you, I mean, I, I'd say to anybody um, over 50, if you haven't started a business, seriously consider starting a business. Um, I mean, would you, would you do that? I think it's a great idea because you have a lot of wisdom. You've put in a lot of time. You've learned a lot of stuff. You've come to realize what's important and what's not. You, you should definitely know how to, to, you know, be really good at dealing with people. Um, there's just a whole host of stuff that, that is to your advantage at that, at that stage of your life. Mm. You've lived a lot of life. You've gathered a lot of knowledge. It's not just, you know, coming out of school, you have a lot of book knowledge you know, whatever you've learned in the classroom, but you don't have a lot of experience, which is not a bad thing because that also can work to your advantage. I can see it where you don't have a lot of other stuff echoing in your head, you know, that makes you apprehensive. You know, a lot of times younger people are, they're not scared to take risks or try something new. But, you know, for the flip side, people our age, we are filled with wisdom. And as long as you don't, worry about any past failures, you can move forward and do very well in life. It's just mm. a decision in my, in my opinion, just deciding, yeah. okay, I'm ready for something new. I'm, I'm, I know I'm ready. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree with all of that, of course, but there's an obstacle, isn't there? It doesn't matter what age you are and the, the obstacle to improving your your wealth and your prosperity is the first thing that most people encounter is the people who say no or the naysayers, right? Um, I, I mean, you need to find a way to be in control of your future, right? No matter what other people say, and you can't listen to those uh, so-called naysayers, whatever you know, wealth project it is that you're pursuing uh, or planning on or going after. So, um, I mean, we, we, this is something we talk about, isn't it? Quite often other people's opinions, but we just need to emphasize, I think now that, that detaching from those kind of people is an important step on the road to having a good um, and healthy attitude towards wealth and prosperity do you agree i fully agree um you, and if it's loved ones if it's family you can just you know be in control of, of of the choices that you're making and you don't have to be mean to anybody you just you know just decide you're going to still love them but you're not gonna you know involve them or check in with them on what you're doing because you know what their response is going to be. Just save yourself that type of, you know, frustration and look to the people who are where you want to be, you know, take, take advice from people who have experience and who have the knowledge that you're, you know, 
the the expertise that you're trying to to um, you know to implement in in your endeavors, but it makes no sense to listen to people who don't understand what you're trying to do. What you have in your heart to do is meant for you to do. And not everybody sees that. And, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You just say, you know what, I understand you don't get it, but I'm still going to go ahead and do this. It's true. And I'll tell you what, from my experience, uh, every to everybody, losers are the first people to offer you their, their uh, knowledge and advice. Um, so, you know, take it all with a very, very big pinch of salt. It's not worth anything. Um, I think we need to understand what if you smash it? Okay. What if you have an idea or do a thing and suddenly the money comes rolling on in, you need to be prepared for that. And, you know, this program we've been reading has been brilliant, but other thoughts and attitudes come into um, my way of thinking about these things. And I'm thinking about, um, Good old, our old friend T. Harv Eker and his, and his secrets of the millionaire mind. And he says in there, and he makes this point, that you've got to um, be prepared to re receive the wealth. And it's in this program as well. You know, that's the very first question, isn't it? Um, do I deserve to be wealthy? Am I ready to be wealthy? And it's a good point. Um, T. Harv, he says that... If you're not ready, if you're not a, a receptacle for, for, for wealth and you're not big enough, that you'll just fill up and overflow, right? And that's a problem. It's his illustration of how we hear these countless stories, don't we, about people who win the lottery and within a year they are broke again. You know, no more money left. So, and that's the reason because they don't know what to do with it. They don't know exactly how much they ever wanted and they don't know exactly what they're going to do with it when they have it as well um, can become a big problem. And that mindset or that lack of mindset can actually lead you into habits that destroy your wealth once you've got it without you even realizing it because you haven't got it straight in your head exactly what you're going to do. So I think that what this comes down to is being very, very specific with yourself about exactly what it is, exactly how much money you want and exactly what you want to spend it on, coupled with, and you find out a bit more about that in this, this, this uh, prosperity consciousness, coupled with an exact understanding of what you're going to do with every bit of income, every bit of earnings and, and wealth that comes your way, right down to the last penny, what it costs you to subsist, and then how you divide that money up. And um, I don't think I was especially doing that until I finished this program. Um, and now I'm thinking about things differently. Now I'm thinking about every single dollar that comes my way, um, what percentage of it is going where and for what purpose? Um, I think it's going to be revolutionary. And that's, that's one of the main things I got out of this uh, particular uh, program. I mean, what, what's, what's your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, well, I think what we have come to understand better than ever is the importance, and I think everybody should learn this, especially younger people, is to get an education on just that, 
so first you're saying I want to make a lot of money and you have the capacity to do it. And, you know, but when you, when that money starts coming in, what are you doing with it? You know, you should be spending some of it because you have to keep it circulating. So, cause that's how we keep the economy going and the world going everything we have. It's a matter of it's, a, it's an exchange, you know, in order for me to survive, I have to exchange money you know, and, and get stuff that I need. And that helps somebody else's well-being. So we're all in this together. That's number one, you know, because a lot of people will think I want to get rich, but they're not really thinking about really how does that affect my whole surrounding? It's not just you singularly, you know, becoming wealthy. You're actually part of a whole system that we all have going on here. We're all playing in this lovely game of life. And then figuring out so if i have a, a, a certain amount of money that i'm going to make you know how much am i going to invest how much goes towards living expenses um you know what do i think i should you know put for the you know to know that i can leave that money over there and it's growing and you know it's it's still working the money's still working for me it's still it's making more money for me you know that's very important um, and then you go through stages, I believe. So you can still decide, okay, I, I want to make even more money, you know, and you just keep doing this thing where you keep, um, reevaluating how the money is coming in, how you're spending it and, um, how you're going to continue to make more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, you know, I take all of that on board and, you know, I'd already paid a lot of attention to, to Robert Kiyosaki. I mean, I live day to day really very frugally indeed. Um, I, I don't do any unnecessary spending, whatever. And I know exactly what my main objective financially is. Um, and it, I, that's part of my thinking every single day when, when I get up. But on a practical level, this is th- this program, it, ga- it gave you, it gave me um, a better and really hands-on practical way to think about getting money back out there <laughs> somehow. So there's this, there's this idea that, you know, you've got to open all the doors to uh, wealth that you possibly can. And, and to, and there was a couple of things in it, wasn't there that stuck with me that we, we brought up to never take money from strangers. And, but also we don't take money from friends either because you just don't do that and there are two things that i think we need to um shelf because it's all part of receiving it's all part of being able to get your mind around the fact that you deserve um to get any wealth that comes your way no matter what the source and whoever you accept money and wealth from is going to feel great about the fact that you received it as opposed to you turning it down at every opportunity. It's entirely the wrong mindset. And that's a, a big thing that I got out of reading that particular one. But it, it just forms a big pattern for me um, when stood next to some of the other publications about money thinking and wealth, like the ones I've mentioned, Cashflow Quadrant and uh, um, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind and all of that. It, it, it all comes together. It gives me an entirely different uh, lens to look at wealth and money through. And I, I'm beginning to feel more 
like really my pockets and my bank account and my investment accounts are just conduits through which the, the money flows now naturally. And I've just got to increase the, I imagine it like a funnel somehow. So I've just got to make the top of the funnel a lot wider as well as the bottom of the funnel. Maybe it just becomes a tube or something as, as wide as possible. I've got to be looking for ways to just make it wider. And then the, the wealth yeah. bit in the middle just will take care of itself. I, yes. I, I don't worry about money at all. There's no, there's no need for me to do that. Um, I just, well, wait, can, can ha- I just add? Yeah. Yeah. I just have this thought that it's, yeah. it's just going to increase. And because I have that attitude, that's what I see before my eyes, like day in, day out now. Right. Because what we, what we might have learned was that there's a limit, right? You're a limited person. You can only make a certain amount of money. You know, some of us were brought up to think you'll never be able to become wealthy or you'll never be able to be the head of a company, you know? And so then you believe that and you limit everything that you do. You limit, you think I can only make, money's only going to come for me to me from, you know, one avenue from my job. And, you know, you think, well, this, and this is the only thing I can do. It really limits your life, really limits your receiving where in actuality, if we could be really um, understanding of the fact that, you know, the source of, money flowing to you is infinite. It can come from anywhere. Like you said, you know, you could win it. Somebody could give it to you. Somebody can offer you something when you're walking down the street. You know, um, you really want to to just be open to it and say, thank you. Gratitude is huge because the more you actually accept and receive things, it means that you're open to receiving even more, you know, and when you're saying thank you for that, it means that you are you would welcome it. So it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily always cash. It can be another opportunity. It could be that you're introduced to someone who's going to introduce you to somebody else. And then all of a sudden you find out that they're, that, you know, that just because you're connected to this one person here, you, you were, you're offered a, a great job or a great opportunity to make more money than you were making before. Um, there's also the idea of um, trust, you know, um, to, to constantly think that because people are giving that, you you know, I can't trust that that's real, you know, that again is going to shut down more opportunities to come to you. Wealthy people are, I think we can learn a lot from very wealthy people because they, they give a lot. They don't stand up, you know, and say, well, look at me, I'm giving all this money to this and this, and they give a lot of money away. A lot that people don't even realize that they do. They're constantly giving. And I believe that that adds to their ability to maintain their wealth and to increase their wealth because they understand that that's an important thing to do. Mm. You know, so um, it's I'm getting it better and better now. And you can give of your time. You can give of your knowledge. You know, that can be the exchange. But again, it's just... Another form of money is not necessarily the paper. It is also, it's the person, it's your intentions, it's your actions. Hmm. Absolutely right that. Um, I think we should all strive to, to put value into the world. I mean, that brings me back to Miles Beckler, who, who I took this recommendation from. That's his whole philosophy. 
So he tells people about how to make money from blogging. Essentially, that's what he's all about. Um, he makes, well, he's comfortable now. He doesn't need to work. Um, but he's achieved everything he's achieved by adopting these principles of just, if, if you give value to the world, the world will give back to you what you need. Um, yep. I, I, and I, I'm following that. I think it's exactly right. And I've got some examples of, of how that works. So I quite often offer to, you know, instruct people in certain things. I've got certain technical abilities. I've got this that we do. And, and, uh, um, and I've got other forms of coaching as well. And then quite often I've picked people up and they've insisted on some kind of financial remuneration for me. And um, right back at the start, I would say, oh, it's, there's really no need. I'm happy to do this. And I'd feel good about myself now. But and that, I am going to always accept now because I think it's important to do. Um, and on the giving side, I, that's something else that I've changed. So I'm, you know, I, I always used to support one particular water charity in particular. But I mean, I've, I've gone into another one now as well because it was just something I think I get putting off and um, wanted to think carefully about and I thought am I using the fact that I need to because there's an awful lot of charities in the zone that I'm interested in am, am I just using that as an excuse to not really just decide on one and do take the time to do the research and a couple of days ago I did that and signed up for for a charity that protects the elderly from abuse so um it, it just feels like it's all part of the picture and I must, I must do it. I, I, I'm discovering these things that all start to, uh, to make sense to me. And it's wonderful. It's, it it's a wonderful, ever-developing journey. And I see that just from your remarks. We recommend uh, reading materials to each other all the time. And we're never disappointed, right? It's always, never. oh, my goodness, wasn't that so good? And that's really made me think differently, some more than others, but it, it's, it's almost guaranteed. Um, and it never stops. And, and it never should, right? Never should. It reinforces that, you know, it makes you feel good. I like that. Where for a while there, I was, I used to think we're supposed to be so serious. We're supposed to really be really, you know, um, do the right thing and, and be serious about the work you're doing. And I'm realizing that, no, you could, you should actually enjoy what you're doing. Mm. It should make you feel good. You know, um, it should be healthy. And um, I love that. So I know now that I'm, I am doing all that I'm supposed to be doing and everything, you know, prosperity is more than just wealth, right? Wealth is just part of prosperity. Prosperity includes well-being happiness, health, love, all that good stuff. Um, that's when you're prosperous. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have millions of dollars in the bank, but it, it means that you're living your best life and you're enjoying it. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for the conversation, Jackie. Um, uh, we've come to the end now and we'll be back again for another, uh, another book review next time. We're going to do the five second uh, uh, rule, rule. Yeah, yeah, by Mel Robbins next time. Um, cool. and we'll see everybody for that. So, uh, thanks, Jackie. I'll see you down the track. Thank you, Mel. No. 
wherever you are seeing or hearing this, please like, subscribe and share. The show is on YouTube and six podcast platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. A full list is available at anchor.fm slash bdth. My name is Noel Matthews and I will see you down the track.